0: So we've done a, we're doing a lot of these now. What are, what are these that we're doing? What we saw. Uh, oh,
1: that's what we're doing. Uh,
0: yeah, we got to do it. Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about it. I want you to talk about it too. <laughs> I'll listen. <laughs> I have some thoughts. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. We're both fans of uh, a lot of the things that happened in this film. This, this movie was funny. and It was fun. <sighs> Those are two F words. Oh, dropping the F bombs
1: almost like the same word, though.
0: This is uh, what we saw, and what we saw was... My name is Dolomite.
1: Were there two or three bad guys in Home Alone? And who was that forgetful fish in Finding Nemo? Join us as we're watching films. See what we remember and what memories we killed. Let's start the show. Here we go.
0: I was excited to watch this movie. I saw the trailer over the summer. I yes. I didn't even know if it was a Netflix movie. I yeah, I, I thought it was a Real movie. Maybe they, Netflix bought it like near the end of the cycle or something. I don't know the deets. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix just made it. it Maybe it sounds like um, Eddie Murphy's in bed with Netflix because he's got that special coming out sort of, of a deal. yeah well who isn't though
1: putting a special on netflix or amazon's but, getting into the game but now? they're
0: going after people like adam sandler and signing him to like a six movie deal and a special of course of course getting, well because for the longest time
1: netflix was the only place to do aside from like comedy central or hbo those are the only three ways to do it but, a comedy special but if you do it on hbo like not everybody has hbo go that's true not everybody has comedy central's app so netflix is a way of like
0: you got your special up there, and it stays up there. I feel like Funnier or Die could have done that if they had been a little ahead of what's happening. They've leaned they're... too far into that user-created content stuff. Oh, I see. If they would have like jumped into, like, oh, we're going to do comedy specials or things like that. Because I think there are a lot on YouTube. There was always some, like, Laugh Factory stuff and just a lot of random stand-up college comedy humor. acts you could find in College Humor or just on YouTube in general.
1: I listened to part of an interview, which, I mean, it's not even a great interview, but it's Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel and Eddie Murphy. They, uh, he was on there and they did like a really long, like 18 minute interview. And, um, it sounds like, uh, I forget the guy's name who is Dolomite, Ruddy, Rudy Moore, Rudy Moore, Rudy Moore. So it sounds like Eddie Murphy like always really liked him and always really kind of looked up to him because he was like a self-made person like mm-hmm. he 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 basically like put out these albums himself, he put out this movie himself so I think he really appreciated that part of of this guy like he's just a self-made man
0: yeah I think a lot of people looked up to him in that age of
1: uh, coming up
0: as yeah. a young comedian.
1: So my feeling is that maybe Eddie Murphy had the idea of making the movie? Yeah, I think he
0: had been wanting to make it for a long time. Yeah,
1: so that's what I was... Yeah, unless said, you know. But
0: then he said he made, like, Pluto Nash, and that kind of just, like... Ugh. He just couldn't make movies, like... Was <laughs> that Pluto Nash supposed to, anymore? to be kind of like it supposed that? To, No, it was supposed to be, like, a big kind of, like, breakout movie. But since that bombed, like, he lost a lot of credibility in... Wait, uh, wait, wait.
1: How, how is Pluto Nash a big breakout movie? He's already a big star.
0: Um, But that movie bombed so hard that he his career sort of waned and he stopped getting casted in movies
1: that came out what in like the late 90s? 2000s, 2000s I think 2001
0: yeah so he, liked, he did like he like dream girls after that mm. um, and that was well, the only still movie in some he got decent for.
1: movies but they're all like kids related films like he, he was doing like daddy daycare around that time I think yeah. he did like doctor do little two after he wanted that. to do movies
0: his kids could see that's what he's he said which makes sense
1: but, but he's officially said like he's done doing that. He doesn't want to make like family friendly. He movies doesn't need anymore. to because he's not making. He
0: doesn't have kids that age. He's having so. a big
1: resurgence, which every like everybody wants to see him back.
0: Yeah, which well, I'm a- really
1: ha- I'm happy for him. I I am like like as soon as I read that he was making that movie, and he was on Comedians of Cards Getting Coffee talking about like yeah I, I will get back to stand up. I just I don't know like for the longest time like I didn't have any material. I hadn't done it in a while. And uh, when they announced it on Netflix, I was like, this is exciting. Like, people want to see this, like, kind of like this 80s Eddie Murphy back. And this this is kind of feeling like it. Yeah. You know, 90s, too, for sure. Mid-90s. So he's got the stand-up special. He got that movie. He already has Coming to America 2 coming out next year with um, Arsenio Hall. So... I can't maybe, wait. Maybe a Beverly Hills Cop 4, I bet.
0: Yeah, that is also in the works. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be like a passing of the torch or what it's going to really end up being, but, but... But I can't wait to see Golden Child 2. No, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's all grown up now. <laughs> Golden adult. Wow, that was a fun movie. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes it, He's though. got a very eclectic filmography. So many different genres, and... He never, like, played, like, any, like, supporting actors. I guess, like, Bowfinger a little bit. But, I mean, he was always the front guy you want on the poster. He's your main lead man. I think maybe he could have benefited from doing some... Well, then I'm thinking of Tower Heist and how terrible that was. Well, from Uh, the beginning, he was always...
1: um, He started really early. He was mm -hmm. doing stand-up at, like, 15, I believe, is what he would said. And uh, he got cast on snl when he was 18 and was like a star on it by the
0: time he was 19 i guess nick nolte in the 24 like 48 hour films would Mm -hmm. kind of be like his running buddy in the 80s but i he never really like had a um like you don't associate him with somebody else in particular because he's usually just like playing multiple characters himself or sydney hall yeah but they kind of only did one movie together yeah i'm sure they're best friends or whatever and you know um, I'm sure there are a lot of comedians he likes, like Chris Rock. People who show up in this movie: Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Keegan Michael Key, and Titus. And yeah, what's his? Not Andromedon—that's his name. Kimi Schmidt. I don't. I don't know actually. <laughs> I'd <to> ask you <laughs> who that was. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Titus. I do know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Um, all all are in this movie, and you gotta feel like he handpicked those people, and they were gonna say yes. He like wanted like more up-and-coming, rising... Yeah. Uh, well, it, African-American comedians, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, everybody looks
1: up to him. Like, Dave Chappelle, they hang out all the time.
0: But it's kind of his way of giving back, and that's sort of what, like, what happens in the movie, too. Yeah. Tries to bring everybody up.
1: Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting some feelings of, like, maybe a little bit of, like, boogie nights at times. Sure. Like he had that... We we gotta say like the costuming is probably one of the biggest. Stars. Every single
0: scene, the costumes change and look incredible and are on point for everybody in the scene.
1: Yeah, and I I wish I knew this lady's name, but the lady that did the costumes did all the costumes for Black Panther, and she's done tons and tons of movies. She like even going back to, um, she did the costumes. Her first movie was Do the Right Thing, so she worked with Spike Lee. She worked on uh, his
0: his uh, Malcolm X movie. Um, it definitely got paid attention to and it's very obvious that the things you're looking at are all on purpose in and yeah film.
1: and if anybody's interested uh i highly recommend people watch uh this series called abstract that's on netflix it explores like different artists and she has an episode just primarily about her and it's it's really good it's really enjoyable i never thought i'd be interested in like costume design but she she makes it really fun and interesting
0: you definitely like notice it when it's good and then it kind of just disappears when it's just generic or doesn't really stand out in any way but yeah. And, yeah but of the style of the 70s and everything like in the club scenes like even the extras are dressed and looking great but, yeah there's not a single bad outfit even like
1: you look like way far back in the crowd mm-hmm. Because there's a couple, like, big crowd scenes.
0: There's a lot of bold hairstyles, too. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Greg Robinson's Greg hair Robinson. changes several times. His <laughs> Especially at the <laughs> backyard barbecue scene. The backyard barbecue,
1: yeah. <laughs> he has some of the wildest hair in that scene. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the movie in general. Maybe talk about who this guy is. Rudy Moore? Because based off a real person... Mm-hmm. It's it's a biopic. It's a biopic. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it follows a lot of the biopic rules, too. Which I will say, I didn't know any of. I didn't know this guy at all.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen. I, his I definitely movie. knew Dolomite existed. Yeah, Dolomite. I don't know why I knew that. Maybe because of just like black exploitation stuff, like Shaft, Dolomite. Um, there's a lot of the uh, the female black exploitation films um, with like Pamela Greer and what, what, what's the brother from another planet. And there's, like, Blackula, which is, like, even a poster in the background of this movie. Yeah. But there was just, like, a huge breakout of exploitation films because there was an audience that wanted to see movies where they could get represented on the screen. So that's what, like, the rise of and were these just kind of films like,
1: happened. They're, like, your fast food type film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just made really fast. Yes. And then sold. For and, a relatively
0: low budget. Um, yep. Yeah. Just cranked out there as best they could. And if they got a hit, which Dolomite... Ended up being a giant hit. Then he I might had something
1: have, happening. I might have seen some of this because I do remember like way back in the day, I was flipping through channels and I got to BET and they played a exploitation movie that was clearly from the 70s. And it, it might have been that because it was really goofy. It, it seemed that maybe some of the scenes in this might have been that, but it could have been a totally different movie though. But it was around that same era. What's the movie that's like the send up of
0: black exploitation films that came out sort of recently?
1: Oh yeah, with with, uh, uh, with the Spawn guy, Michael, oh Jai White. Yeah, Michael Jai White. Um, it's oh
0: <laughs> Black
1: Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Black oh, Dynamite. That's so, so fun.
0: The movie's so good. <laughs> yeah, that movie's perfect. I think it was right around that movie coming out is when I kind of started to like look at what that was basing its you know comedy and style off of. Yeah, that movie that
1: movie worked out so well. <laughs> Michael Jai White's he's a good-looking dude too. Oh, wow,
0: you got a big crush. Ugh. Crushing on that guy,
1: well, th- white. I don't know if I have a crush. He's
0: just a good looking dude. Mm. <laughs> Takes care of himself. Yeah. Let's burn him up and put him in a Spawn costume instead. Oh, I love Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> put a weird, like, crispy face on him. And so, like, he yeah. looks ugly. And makes your John Leguizamos <laughs> on his knees. <laughs> what a movie.
1: S to the P to the A to the Y. S to the P to the A to the Y. Go Spawny. Go Spawny. Go, 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 Spawny.
0: I've seen that movie more than I would have liked. You would say that I've seen same. it. <laughs>
1: So uh, in in the movie Dolomite, what we understand is the yeah.
0: is Rudy Moore is he's trying he's to get like record like deals, a club act. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian at a club, but he doesn't. He's the he doesn't have act good for jokes. A band. Yeah, no, no, they're bad. He's like trying to find out like what makes a joke funny.
1: Yeah, he's he doesn't know. He doesn't really know. He's he's like brand new to this, or he feels like he's
0: brand new because he's doing kind of like dad jokes in a way. Not sure how long Rudy Moore has been like at it
1: yeah it's hard to say feels
0: like he's like it's almost his first day at that club particularly just because his jokes are so bad
1: and uh but there's like a house band that craig robinson sings for Mm -hmm. and a couple other guys are part of that group that i don't remember the other two guys except for titus uh
0: oh uh mike Epps.
1: mike Epps. yeah he's he's great yeah so they're in the band and uh in the beginning, it looked. It seems as though, and I this this jumped at me, which I didn't really quite get. But um, he wants to collect stories from this kind of drunk guy who
0: has like yeah, kind of like,
1: he kind of has like the. The, these interesting like histories of just like black people and there's a, these, hom- like,
0: there's a homeless guy that comes into the record shop that he's working with. Yeah, and he's kind of just like saying he's got like folklores and stuff. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the right word is exactly. And he's, he's sort of doing it in, like a way of like rhyming as well. He's or, doing like or, or does that like add slam it in poetry? Later. Yeah.
1: Well, you no, know, that guy's definitely doing it kind of like okay. a poetic style.
0: And then Eddie Murphy is sort of recycling his material. Well, he literally,
1: like, gives the guy a bottle of liquor, and he's like, hey, so tell me your stories. And it's like, mm-hmm. a tape recorder. So he's recording all of these stories from this drunk guy.
0: Yeah, and then he's going home and, like, writing the stories and trying to find this character. Who I think, like, right away he
1: calls Dolomite, I believe. Mm-hmm. When he first shows up, he... So he like shows up at this club and the club owners he's he's trying to tell him, like, hey, I have this new act. I'm gonna try it out." And the club owner's like, just do the regular thing. like wait, we, we don't care about the the comedy. It's really about the band and the drinks. And so Eddie Murphy's like, well, okay, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. He goes up on stage and he he crushes it like he's He's not really doing jokes per se, but he's kind of like doing that like poetic style and the the stories are a little like wild. They're kind of like about like the jungle and stuff. Yeah, they're and, little, like,
0: and they're kind of like risque at points and yeah. the, he like says dirty words every once in a while or makes like suggestive sexual suggestiveness. Like it's like the crowd a little Riley. And it works. And they love it. And he he
1: decides to like take it on the road. As, like, a road act.
0: And he also puts, like, a records out, too. And the records, like, start doing gangbusters. And he, like, comes off the road to, like, put more records out and do more stuff with it.
1: Yeah, which they showed the records at the end. <laughs> Man, those photos are wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do,
1: like, a photo shoot. It's, it's such a weird, yeah. wild
0: scene. Rudy Moore can't get his records sold in the beginning. So he, like, bootlegs it out of his own store. He tries to, like, sell it to customers. He's... He's basically like he sells it like under the table yeah. too,
1: as like a, a like
0: he's a one man marketing only. machine. Yeah, it's like yeah. these the things you can't hear, and the he's in so records. smart. <laughs> Let's be honest, that's like that's really smart. He Just wanted to be a self made man, you know, because no one, everyone else was saying no to him. The whole movie, everyone's saying no to him. Mm-hmm. He's got to do it all himself, except with you know all the people he does it with too. <laughs> There's like a gang of uh, record producers who like who are almost like Italian mobster dudes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't really. <laughs> I didn't know if they were in the mob. They're all they, they're all nice guys. There were never, there was never like a bad part of like them turning on Dolomite or whatever. They were.
1: Yeah, it's like you better pay back that money or else uh, we're gonna be so screwed.
0: We'll also be out a lot of money. We'll be out a lot of money. We? We'll be lot of money. Mm-hmm. That'll be a bummer. <laughs> Never like trying to break Dolomite's legs or anything. None none of that ever comes up.
1: But they all got like slick back, like ponytails.
0: Yeah, and you're like, they're greasy, or not. (laughs) It's hard to tell. Rudy Ray Moore finds this. uh, What am I gonna call her? Uh, uh, like a diva singer. uh, A chanteuse? Is that is that the right word? I don't know what that is, but okay, it's like a female singer. Okay, um, at a bar that he's working at. She's getting in, like, a fight with her husband, like, crying at the bar. And Eddie Murphy kind of, like, takes her under his wing to be part of his act. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, kind of goes along with him for the rest of the movie. I'm not sure with, like, the real what life. He seeing her, though? Because he was
1: on the stage performing, and he looked out, and, and she just, like, slapped her husband. Yeah, it's
0: hard to see. It's hard to tell what Eddie Murphy's look was trying to convey of him just, like, noticing her. Because he adult, wasn't really attracted
1: now. to her. I thought they were going to go to that route, but yeah. I'm, I'm actually glad they didn't. I'm also
0: curious if Rudy Gray Moore and her were like a thing in real life. I don't know if that or if they were just friends. Because the movie just carries them on as friends throughout the whole thing.
1: Which I was actually like happy that they didn't bother to explore. It was, it, it was that. fine
0: if it's true, but if they, I'm guessing it is, like if it yeah. would have been like a love thing, they probably would have brought that into the film.
1: Right, right
0: but it was just like a mentor-mentee relationship. She's down on her luck. She has kids, but she used to be a singer but doesn't do it anymore. And she starts singing with Rudy Raymore and things start taking off with her.
1: I used to be a backup singer in New
0: I knew it. I told you. You uh-huh. sure do. Singer, huh? I get so nervous I had to hang on to the mic from not falling over. Butterflies all in my stomach once I even shit on the goddamn stage. Yeah. You are funny. You should be doing stand-up. It kinda looks like a subplot. She does she comes back and like she's in the background of the rest of the film. Oh she's
1: she's there throughout.
0: Like the entire part, yeah. Yeah. But her story's kind of wrapped up at this point.
1: Yeah, so um he Basically, like convinces her to tag along on the road, and she's like, Well, I can't do it, I get like really nervous. And he, he's like, I'm playing a character, yeah. Like, has her like feel the wig, it's mm-hmm. fake, the whole costume get up is fake. It's like, I'm, I'm literally on stage playing a character, and people are eating this up, and I'm not myself, so because I'm playing this character, it's easier to, to do these kind of wilder things. Mm-hmm. So, he convinces her to, to create a character in a way, you don't really get to see that character. Um, uh, development but like she's already on stage like dressed
0: up and she's singing these goofy songs with him it was sort of prevalent then too to have a comedian be a character too like in andy kaufman or mm. um like steve martin robin williams like they would bring the characters like yeah that's e- a good point either in, into their stage or onto the tv show or something like that and you always i always kind of wonder like maybe even like are all comedians sort of putting on a character? Like, a heightened version of yourself. Sure. You know, it's like, Tim Allen, like, leaning into the gruff man thing? <laughs> Seinfeld leaning into, like, the an- anxious anxiety, like, part of him? Or is that, like, who he really is? Specifically, like, in the 80s. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is 100% a character. I don't know what, like, his thing is, but... But then, like... He made it happen. But then you have And, like, Rodney blur- Dangerfield was, I mean, he was supposed to be, like, a personable guy in real life, but then, like, he turned it on when he got on stage. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, but comedians could be chameleons like that, and maybe too. Like
1: you become the character, but then the character becomes you. Ooh, that's that's meta. (laughs) (laughs) Like like Andrew Dice Clay. Like yeah, maybe he's doing this, like trying to be uh, John Travolta Mm -hmm. and uh, or the Fonz or whatever. But eventually, like that is who he is now. Yeah, he's just been that person for so long that now there's the old person doesn't
0: exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam Sandler could still do like a characterization of himself from the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like what he used to be doing. Deep stuff. Well, he <laughs> does really well on the road, comes back, makes another album.
1: Well, they go to see that movie with um Jack Lemmon, yeah. Walter Matthau, I forget what it was called. It's something about a newspaper. The front page. The front Post. page.
0: Post. Okay.
1: That's what it was called. Su- and Susan Sarandon,
0: Jack Lemmon and uh Ultramath Hour in a movie. Yeah, I never heard of before, but now I want to see yeah. it. And so, I think he. Well, he was just
1: feeling the crowd. the The crowd was pretty big. They were all laughing. Mm-hmm. He looked. They're back also all at white. The projector. Yeah. They're all white. <laughs> he looked back at the projector, and he was just like he had had an idea. It was just like he wants well, to get in that light. If I could just be in a movie. Then I could I could literally show this all over the country mm-hmm. instead of just like an individual person buying an album. Yeah, so it was like even bigger mass marketing.
0: I guess what my sort of problem lies, I mean, you know, stick to the truth and how the story is told. But it didn't seem like his records like waned at all. Like he they seemed like he was always doing really really well with the records.
1: Yeah, I. I well, here's the thing. So maybe the records were doing well. How much money is he getting from those records? Because he no did clue. make that deal. And a lot of, like, if you just think about bands, like, a lot of bands don't make a ton off the album, th- he, but they make money off of the touring. Which he was doing in the film. He was doing that, but if you looked at the audience sizes, they were not very big. They were actually relatively small. Hmm. And someone had made that point in the movie that, like, like, yeah, you, you sell all these records and you have all these records, but, like, I've seen your audience size. is not that big. Like, someone more or less says that to him. Interesting. So I think he wants he's he's he wants to go bigger. He wants to, you know, be a little bit more elaborate, and make it a movie. I mean, this guy this guy when he has a an idea in mind, he's
0: just going to execute it. That's true. You so can't more power t- you can't to say, that guy. Can't say no to Rudy <laughs> Ray Moore.
1: Yeah, more power to him. Whereas most people probably like stop before they before their head and like mm-hmm. eh, I can't do this. So he so how he how he does that is he goes to a, um, like, underground, like, off-Broadway-type production, Mm -hmm. and there's a play. Yeah,
0: he's sort of recruiting members for, like, a a bank heist. (laughs) In a way, yeah. He he gets all of his friends that, like, work with him and the band to, like, be part of the film in some form or another, either taking care of the money or doing the music or finding locations, Mm -hmm. and... He tries to put together the things that you know. What else do we need to make the movie? You need a script. Yeah. So he hires uh, Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. who is like a big like off Broadway style like director. He's just and like and he, yeah. He writes and he, wants he writes really plays. He's very plays,
1: serious. Yeah. He's um, wants to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And the the funniest scene is when <laughs> Eddie Murphy and Keegan Michael <laughs> Key. Keegan Keegan Michael Key are trying to write the script together mm-hmm. and like just like brainstorm ideas. And he's throwing out so many different things. Like it's got to <laughs> yeah. have kung fu in it. As soon like, as they're on the right, fu.
0: as soon as they're on the right track, Dolomite says something to just like throw it off the rails again. <laughs> <laughs> just like just trying to like manage this sort of like perception and ego of somebody who just like wants to do it all. It's like you yeah, gotta, you got like narrow down what you want to be doing. Exactly, and he more or less says that to him, mm-hmm. and he tells him
1: like you got to write what you know. And he's like, well, no one wants to see that. Because what I know is just like pimps and prostitutes and, you know, drugs and being broke. And like, all that's like, in the he's movie. Like, he's like, yeah, that's what we want to write. That's mm-hmm. the good stuff. Write what you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Across this nation, inner cities are being plagued by violent crime. I, I, I feel the government hasn't stepped up. That's it. It's Whitey's fault. It's yeah, a corrupt government corrupt the motherfucker don't care about the people the mayor's corrupt he won them Nixon motherfuckers and there's an exorcism god damn it an exorcism yeah you know all that whole motherfucks cocks in hell they love that shit that's their favorite dish right now
1: okay um I don't know how that fits into our urban uh, motif
0: you know something maybe you're right I don't want to be cleaning up green vomit and shit off the set all the time we put the devil in another movie and they uh, gotta get a film crew together they gotta get a location. They, do. they don't know anything about making movies. They don't have a director. <laughs> Wesley Snipes just becomes the director? So this is the another... That's a weird moment. How do we both miss this? I don't know. They're at a strip club, Eddie Murphy and everybody, and they notice... Wesley Snipes in the corner of the strip club, who is an actor that I'm not aware of, but he's been in a lot of movies. He's worked with famous directors. He keeps bringing that up.
1: I I think he was embellishing.
0: I bet that really. I think they just knew him. I think that actor really exists, and he, uh, he, he's shown in the movie and gets a credit at some like in Dolomite. So I would think he's in the. He's telling the truth. But I he, just wonder how big he was. Mm. Yeah, he was probably like an extra in those films. Yeah. <laughs> but he was in the film. He has more experience than anybody that's has. true. Out of all of them. That's true. And they talk him into being in the... I thought they were going to just have him in the movie. Yeah, that's what but I thought But he ends up directing happening. the film.
1: I thought they were basically just talking him into being... A, a part of a, it. A part Or, of, an or the star. An act, well, I, no, I thought he was just going to be like a, a secondhand man or I don't know. He ends up being the antagonist. He does. And he pretty much, like, because he, I think he comes in the first day of production and he's, like, like shouting, like, the lights aren't in the right spot. Yeah, he's and, a like, diva.
0: He yeah. likes things a certain way.
1: I thought that maybe uh, Rudy Moore decided to to allow him to be in that position? Did or we say this person's
0: we... Wesley Snipes yet? By the way, yeah, we did. Okay, just gotta make sure that was.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think Wesley Snipes just uh, decided to jump into that position because he knew a little bit more than mm-hmm. than than Rudy Moore did.
0: Yeah, but he's like
1: calling action. There was and yeah, cut, There was never and, a moment I where was like, I oh, thought okay,
0: like, where it was set up. Was like, why don't you direct it if you know so much? He's like, Maybe I will, yeah, that Th- didn't exist. that never happened, <laughs>
1: <laughs> although whatever i mean we we eventually got there, but like it was a little confusing.
0: I don't feel like this is the return of Wesley Snipes in this film in particular. I thought there could have been more i i I don't think you know, he, he hit a smaller part. I don't think he went enough into like really just staking his claim in the film. he was doing some interesting like weird drunk acting cuz his character's drunk throughout the entire thing. Yeah. He was making some interesting choices, but he sort of just fell out of the wayside for me. He did. He didn't like he didn't have a spotlight. It wasn't like, "Oh man, Wesley Snipes is in this movie now. The whole change, the whole shift has happened." It's like, no, he's just kind of another character in the the thing.
1: To be fair though, this is this is Eddie Murphy's vehicle.
0: It's, it is, but within the the reality of the film, and I'm, you know, he sort of has the same kind of um, parallel struggle as Eddie Murphy when it yeah. comes to like film and box office, right? Sure. So well, well he, they yeah, he like, was
1: in he was in prison for like three years for yeah. tax evasion. That's a long time. And
0: this like could have also been his resurgence. Like they could they could have come up together, but I feel like Eddie Murphy just like took all the spotlight.
1: Yeah, me, well, maybe Wesley Snipes is just waiting for that. That big break that he's working no on. No
0: idea. I have no idea. We haven't looked at his, uh, his IMDb, so... Don't know what he's so. doing. Maybe he's going to be in Coming to America, too. Maybe they're going to make... White, white men still can't jump.
1: <laughs>
0: I feel like that <laughs> Well, I don't know how relevant it would be, but... It'd be but funny. W-
1: Wesley Snipes coming back, Woody Harrelson never stopped, and he's even more famous than he was back in 1992, so I can see them making a white man can't jump too. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. White man still can't jump. White man still can't jump. That's, that's, that's can't so jump. funny.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's the title of the film. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know that that's a lost episode. Yeah. White man can't jump. That's okay. Brad and I did it
0: yeah it's 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 out there somewhere It does exist. You just gotta find it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not on ours. Yeah. <laughs> they hire like a film crew like fresh students at like UCLA. They just find them in the college. They know a little bit about film more than anyone else on the set. They Which I was surprised that those equipment. weren't like
1: okay. I named I, I actors. don't want they weren't named actors. Right. But then I was like, okay, well maybe these people are gonna be people that start to get into stuff.
0: I like the D P. This yeah. little like scrawny kid with a weird mustache. Yeah. I thought he was fun. Yeah, he He's was fine. he was
1: he was good. I think he I would give him maybe two more years or so, he'll probably start to be in some Yeah, or maybe he was as a kid some more things. I don't know anything
0: about this kid. Yeah. But they bring all the stuff to the table. And as people who make films, you and I ourselves, there's a like you relate to all the problems that could happen on a film set and like what's happening. Yeah. They don't have power That's, like one of their first <laughs> big things. Like like they went all they did all this effort in like set dressing and costuming and they go to turn the lights on and they just don't work <laughs> yeah and then and then uh, eddie murphy's just like yeah we don't have power and they're
1: like well how are we gonna light any of this stuff and he's like well we're just gonna he's gotta climb up that pole and and uh, connect it and i was like steal yeah. from
0: next door that's classic like that's like how you filmmaking. get that,
1: that was how we got cable back in the day <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah if you are making a movie you need power just find a source in like a bathroom somewhere and run a really long extension cable Yeah. Plug it in. In this movie, they end up having like this... Might die uh, in the process. Well, how they solve the problem is like one of the the technicians who's like working on the movie, a guy with like no lines, but he's like got big beefy arms. He's just like, all right, I'm going to go fix the problem. Yeah. I mean, it was just like (laughs) problem solution. He climbs outside to like the power box and it's like flips a switch and sparks fly out and then they got power. They're good to go. Yeah, which I thought that
1: scene wasn't really about the problem so much. It was about the reveal of how nice this building looked. Oh. It's interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, the solution was, like, right there. He was like, well, you're just going to have to climb up that pole and connect it. And the guy literally said, like, the next line was just like,
0: I'll do it. To me, it was just, like, one of the other problems that you have when you're making a movie. It's like, yeah. put put it in there. It's like something that can come up. Yeah. Something not working and just you're making it work. Maybe
1: that was a real thing,
0: too. Renegade filmmaking. Could have been a story from the actual production of the film. Exactly.
1: Sure. Exactly. Brought in there. So they basically... So, I don't think we said what this building was, or maybe it's we a didn't. hotel. It's, of yeah, some kind? the Dunbar Hotel, I think it was called. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's full of drug addicts. and uh, Right,
1: it's well, because it was like boarded up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, all the people there were squatting.
0: Mm-hmm. In exchange for getting rid of all of the drug addicts and people inside of it, the landlord is letting Eddie Murphy have it for. Per- 2 months or whatever for free. Yeah. Yeah. Just for doing that. But they clean it up, and make it look nice. I don't you know, know what that landlord was expecting like 2 months is up. Yeah, I don't know. All either. those people
1: are coming right back.
0: But also like Rudy Ray Moore like says that he Eddie Murphy says he uh like sold he doesn't pay for his apartment anymore. He's got to like live at the hotel like while they're filming. Yeah. Man, that's cuz there's be a true that fun story. scene
1: that we didn't talk about, but he had to ask his uh his his aunt for mm-hmm. um two hundred bucks to record the yeah. album. he just can't. In the first he just place.
0: literally can't get two hundred bucks. He can't scrounge. That was it such a fun scene. I liked it. Mm-hmm.
1: They were they were good together. It was I was bummed that that was the only scene she was in. She
0: shows up at like when he pays her back as like a little in like a oh, montage. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, could,
1: just to wrap it up. It would have
0: been nice for her to like show up at like the film premiere or something. It would have been fun.
1: Yeah, because it was the lady from Borat, the prostitute yeah. lady. Yeah, which I like. My wife. I, they showed her from far away and i was like is that the lady from borat and then i got close <laughs> up and i was like yes it is i, I like pulled that out of nowhere mm-hmm. so they start shooting the movie right that, um, is that what happens like yeah well cuz like wesley snipe shows up he like realizes the production is so sloppy and they basically like get right into it
0: mhm yeah there's no like rehearsals or anything we just they do have like a very
1: small scene, like after it's all lit and everything, everyone goes home, and Eddie Murphy's on that stage. Whereas he's he has, practicing like, his, his lines. His, yeah, he's he's basically preparing himself for the
0: role. Mm-hmm. He's trying to mem- memorize lines, also improvise on the script. Yeah. They Give you twenty four hours to leave town, but twenty three of them. But twenty three of them are already. And he's yeah, he's like <laughs> trying to find a pencil just to write it in. Mm-hmm. Trying to get all these like one nice one liners in the film.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the shooting of this film. Is very much like Bowfinger. Oh yeah, very very much.
0: Mm -hmm. Except the camera is much heavier in this film. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many feet of film. Yeah. That camera is ginormous.
1: Definitely shooting on what sixteen millimeter? Yeah, probably. That's probably what it is. And
0: just like this, the camera rig is just massive and heavy. Yeah. All that, all that old school like film equipment is was just made to last like, a bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it kind of the... looks like the old, like... Because it
1: didn't have the tripod set up, I don't believe. No. That thing, it was that like thing the old, is... like, 40s kind of cameras that mm. have around, like, wheels, and there's just, like, little mini tanks, and you had to, like, yep.
0: push them around
1: with a couple people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine how much that thing weighs.
1: But they're not doing any movement shots. They're just doing stationary shots, it looks like. Yeah.
0: That's all they can do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's like early filmmaking,
0: and we get a bunch of montages of uh, them shooting scenes from the movie. And maybe if I had any fondness for the movie itself, that these parts would have maybe would have been more fun. I don't know. But they're the first time oh, I'm seeing. I, I them. see what you're okay. I was like Dolomite reenacting. the I scenes. thought you were gonna
1: say like you didn't like them, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah. If you if you would have seen Dolomite,
0: it's almost like the room, uh, sure. the James Franco. Oh yeah, of course. It's Good like, example. Yeah, if yeah, you don't if you, know the scenes, it probably is a little lost on you.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it. I feel like that movie wouldn't be worth it to watch if you hadn't seen The Room. <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, this is just it's kind of amateur." Yeah, which is a, that's a good example. That's another movie about making films and mm-hmm. making a bad film.
0: But Dolomite was great. To oh, be, to totally be, to
1: people who liked it. Oh, and so was The Room. I, I guess yeah.
0: down the line, not at the time. Well, sure. But.
1: Something can be so bad that people. Yeah, Don't mind Was find... a hit from the from the get. Yeah, well, it looked fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, and I don't know if I will. It's but... on
0: YouTube if that matters, oh but it's just like I scrubbed through it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is what I think it is." Yeah, I, I, <laughs> is it's about u- as much as I can imagine. It's Two hours of uh, nonsensical. It's writing a two-hour movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's bold. <laughs> that is very <laughs> bold. So uh, yeah, I mean, like. We don't really have to get into like the specific scenes that they shoot because it, it's more or less just like you're watching bad acting happening mm-hmm. and bad kung fu,
0: which is funny. It's like Wesley it's Snipes so and the DP like are looking <laughs> at each other. It's like, are we really seeing what we're seeing right now?
1: Yeah, there's that like kung fu scene like at the at the car. He like opens it up and there's yeah. like cocaine in there and there's the FBI. There's like three FBI guys and they have like a a hand to hand battle, but it looks so bad, real bad. Yeah. And they're, they're shooting and shooting and shooting, and eventually they run out of film.
0: Yeah, they literally That becomes, like, a problem. Do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they're like, well, we have no more money, and we have no more film, so we really, like, we can't shoot anything.
0: Yeah. And the the DP even says, like, we're working for free here, but we literally can't do any work if there is no film. You have to find some more money. So he has to go back to the, uh, the mobster record guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they just give him the money. They just <laughs> <laughs> no problem.
1: It was like $10,000 I mm-hmm. think he needed. Yeah. They said that they made this whole movie for $30,000, which must have been astronomical back in like, what, 73, three four.
0: Yeah, what are you paying for here? A lot of costumes and uh, maybe you're paying your cast Some of the people probably got paid, yeah. Some probably Film didn't. Film was
1: probably super expensive. The equipment, sure, they're renting that.
0: I think that was a little more reasonable, specifically like, I think this movie takes place in L.A., Yes, um, so it's like sort of a town already known for that, so it's sort of like par for the course to like buy film, do rental stuff but the but it is sort of a, a rude awakening when he like realizes that you know there's like more to it than just shooting the movie. There's got to be like an editing phase at the end. there's music's got to get put in the film there's There's more to it than you just think about, but
1: right, and then after spending all that money, what if no one wants to buy it? yeah then you got no distribution deal
0: and nobody does buy it when it is finished at first yeah
1: yeah because like he has that scene where he wakes up in bed because the phone's ringing downstairs mm-hmm. and he runs down and he talks to this guy and they're they basically pass on the idea of of showing the movie and then
0: he crosses a list of like 10 other of people 10, that already passed. yeah it's
1: like the last one so he's like
0: we're done Mm -hmm. He takes it out on his crew. This is like the low point of the film.
1: Yeah, they go to that diner, Mm -hmm. and he's just like so upset. Like, you ordered extra
0: strawberries.
1: (laughs) You're paying for your strawberries. You're paying for the strawberries. (laughs) 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 Like He basically, like, everyone thinks he's going to pay the bill, but he ends up giving the bill all to them. Like, you pay this, and Mm -hmm. you pay that, and you pay this.
0: (laughs) So he's kind of like pushing the people in his life away. It's like the the third act.
1: Yeah, he's just so stressed. He's Mm -hmm. taking it out on the wrong people.
0: Yeah. What what brings him back into it? Is is that the character from the... Uh... So
1: he goes to see Chris Rock. Okay. I think oh, what he right, does right, right. is he starts doing his stand-up thing again.
0: Yeah, and people are coming out and liking it.
1: Yeah. Um, just, be, just because he needs money and he needs to start doing stuff mm-hmm. uh, to keep this character up. And uh, so he goes to see Chris Rock. Chris Rock's a disc jockey. And he's interviewing him and he's like, Hey, I hear you got this movie coming out. Like, can you give us any details? And he's... He's like, no, no, can't give any details because I don't know what's going on.
0: Chris Rock gets mad at him for like keeping a secret. It's not really what's happening. He literally does not have a distribution.
1: And when he's talking to Chris Rock, he ends up giving... Chris Rock gives him... Uh, the name of a,
0: a, a theater owner. Yeah, because they're related. Mm-hmm. I think it's like his uncle. And it's an adult theater. Um, I think they're showing like, I think it's like a porn theater. I could be you wrong. You think so? Uh, I thought it was. It, it could be. It's so hard to tell from the outside because they all look like that when it's like the 70s. <laughs> sure. Sure.
1: And uh, so Eddie Murphy, it's it's in Ohio too, which was kind oh, of was wild. Oh, was it? It was. Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh, because he asked the film reels to be mailed to him.
1: Yep. And uh, he, so he goes to Ohio, and the guy's like, Yep, yeah, it's 500 bucks to show the film, and you'll get all the ticket sales, and I'll get all the popcorn sales. And I think Eddie Murphy thinks that he's going to give him 500 bucks. Yeah, to, to... <laughs> that's not the case.
0: And he's like, No, you got to pay 500 bucks. Yeah, then you keep the gate. And he, Eddie Murphy, Rudy Moore, is his own street team. He goes out there with a bullhorn and a car. Trying to drum up as many people as he can, telling him about this movie that's coming out. Yeah, which I'm, I'm always like, does that work? Maybe it did work in the 70s. I don't know if it works. I think it would have to be a very particular town. And it's got to be like where his most popular, either like by his tour dates or his record sales. That's never gets mentioned, but that's just me thinking like very analytically. So yeah. If I'm going <laughs> <It's laughs> to show of like a movie, the... I'm going to do it where I'm most popular.
1: Yeah. They don't really explore it too much, but it's kind of like the Blues Brothers too. And they like, they go driving around with like the speaker system on the front and they're like, tonight only, the Blues Brothers.
0: Yeah. It just works in a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. who knows how much like canvassing and wheel greasing he did but his movie shows and it's a giant turnout for this midnight movie of dolomite and everybody loves it and and this is where he realizes that it's a comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realize the movie was a comedy No, he thought it was like an action film yeah. with like serious tones and people which, you, which is
1: kind of a thing they're like debating on whether scenes are supposed to be funny or yeah. not because they have that really goofy sex scene that i really want to see i want to watch like that the actual film
0: yeah the, the ceiling caves in, the bed yeah, cause like, goes nuts. Because the, the writers just saying, like, I just wrote nuts. like
1: an intimate scene, but mm-hmm. then like like yeah, like the wall's shaking and like you
0: said, the ceiling's falling sure. down. He just leans into the skit of it being a joke. Yeah. Just like how Tommy Wiseau did. Like, <laughs> his movie did, was meant to be serious. Right. <laughs> his
1: less as much, like, like it doesn't even have a single element of comedy. Like, that is actual comedy.
0: Yeah. In that sex scene. <laughs> like, that's literally comedy. Yeah, that's like Naked Gun style humor. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> The second, like just two, I can't think of, of a control. single
1: part of the room that's funny, yeah. Intentionally funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a big success,
0: yes. Which, and because it does well, mm-hmm. catches the eye of Bob Odenkirk, it does, who is uh, Dimension Films, is uh, that what he is? Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: wow, I didn't realize Dimension Films
0: was around, back yeah. then. And he uh sees the ticket sales are like astronomical. And he wants to buy. Yeah, Dolomite. I don't know what that ninety-eight percent meant, but like, we looked at some sheets and there was low numbers. Then we get to Dolomites and it's a high number. So as an audience, we just figured that. Yeah, out. Yeah, it guess. just
1: it just did like the camera scan of numbers, and then it was like it was like twenty, fourteen, thirty-five, yeah. and then like ninety-eight. And he was it was like go
0: huh? And he brings Dolomite in and tries to buy his movie. Dolomite gives a little standoffish because the whole movie has been about like. The antagonist trying to take Dolomite's, like, stuff, his his yep. livelihood, and now it's happening in real life. Yep. But, you know, he gets in bed with the enemy and he sells his movie. He wants to make sure that, that the money. deal is right. Yeah. And he
1: doesn't want to get screwed. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they, like, I didn't I didn't expect them to agree on the deal, but by the end of the scene, like, he just does, like, a 180. He's mm-hmm. like,
0: all right, we got a deal. Yep, got to move this movie along. We're getting to the end here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big film premiere in New York or Chicago or somewhere. I could not tell. New York City. Maybe maybe LA. They take a a nice red uh, limousine. Yep. They pick up the The girl. The girl, the from the from the bar the uh, chanteuse Char- or... chartreuse nope <laughs> uh, <laughs> charcuterie <laughs> this female singer caricature who's uh who's Eddie Murphy Murphy's always been good to and making sure she's taken care of and, and she was in the movie too yeah she had a scene in the film and they all go to this premiere and it's bumping yes so many people want to see dolomite
1: yes like like he didn't even realize that yeah. the premiere was literally had four showings uh-huh. he was like it's all it's the final showing starts at two two in the morning and he's like people are gonna wait until two in the morning he's like did you see the line?
0: And <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the film is when they're in that limousine and they're reading the reviews for Dolomite Yeah, and they're all scathing and awful and terrible and it, yeah. it's like everyone's kind of like in the down in the dumps and what brings them out of it is just seeing like the People want to see his movie, and that's all that matters. This could be the lamest film of the year. The plot is vague, the actors scream their lines. This only touch of originality is in the introduction of
1: the fat man as romantic hero. <sighs>
0: What's wrong with being portly? Not a damn thing. I don't see nothing wrong with adding a few extra pounds, personally. Exactly. Ain't nothing wrong with
1: being, little, being a little mm-hmm.
0: And not only That's that, all that too,
1: there was a nice little moment where um, Eddie Murphy said that no matter what, let's just have a good time. Even if the movie sucks, even if people hated the movie and the reviews are bad, let's just let's just enjoy ourselves. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, that makes total sense.
0: And I just We kinda, have no reason to not have fun. And imagine in like this world today where you're an actor and like you're on social media or just like everybody has an opinion. Like is it gonna affect you? How much do you really care about it? Like can you get to a point where you can look past that stuff? At the end of the day, he's got a line of people wanting to see his film. Yeah. They're excited. That's why I see like movies with a terrible critic score and like an amazing audience score and I'm like that movie is probably great yeah that's that pro movie probably awesome I can't wait to see it also like you really shouldn't base
1: going to see a movie on the reviews
0: you're really like it might taking have been more someone else's opinion then but I'm, I don't really know it might have been I yeah. definitely know if like you're on Broadway it was like a big de- more big a deal more big a deal more big a deal <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, if you want to go see a movie, go see a movie. If you don't want to see it, don't see it. You don't need to like listen to someone else's opinion telling you how much it sucks. Yeah, there have been so many reviews where I'm just like, but I like that movie. Uh huh. And not everyone's so your your review is totally invalid to me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the best parts too is everyone's like, hey, are you coming in to see the movie? Because he's seen he's seen this large crowd outside. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I've I've watched this movie movie too many times. My people are actually out here. I'm going to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And so he gets to be Dolomite, like, kind of in the same... It jumps back to the beginning when he's on stage. He's entertaining people. Like, yeah, he made this movie, and the movie is kind of like the centerpiece of this film... But really, like, for this character, he loves being around the crowd. He likes kind of being, like, the star and the center of attention and making people laugh and have a good time and have fun. So it's bringing him back to, like, what he really likes doing, which is connecting with his own audience. At least that was my opinion.
0: Yeah. There's even, like, a little kid that he has a moment with who's waiting outside to watch this R-rated film at midnight in crowded city. (laughs) It's Don't get into that. But then, yeah. He like, had a different rating system, though. He, he almost has, like, a, a, a rap battle with this kid, like, a dolomite off.
1: Yeah. And uh, and he
0: gives him the cane, even? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's passing the buck. Because throughout the movie, we get, like, illusions of dolomite having, like, a childhood that was maybe a little bit broken. Maybe he had, like, a, an abusive, like, relationship with his parents. We're not really fully sure. Because yes. the movie starts, and he's already, well, He
1: definitely like, had an abusive relationship a, with his dad.
0: He's huh? already, like, a 40- or 50-year-old man. We're not really sure. And... Like, I don't think he's supposed to be that old, though. <laughs> yeah, I think people even, like, bring it up. I think Keegan-Michael Key even brings it up and, like, trying to get something out of him while the writing process happened, And uh, he just doesn't go there. He doesn't go to his past at all. Like, the only scene that they did that with
1: mm-hmm. was he has a photo of his entire family, his, his immediate family. It's his father and, like, a bunch of younger kids. And I don't know I don't know if I saw his mother in there. And they they look, like, poor they're um, on like a very small house. They have a really small house in the middle of nowhere, a bunch of dirt everywhere. And I don't remember what he was saying exactly, but he was basically like like shouting and screaming at his father in the picture. Like you always said I was nothing. I would never be anything. And look at me now, like I'm making all this stuff and like you were totally wrong and you're, and he was, he's like, letting
0: it out. Yeah, he's he's he's, letting it he's telling
1: him like, you are not correct because you think I, I couldn't do this. That's That's your opinion that, that doesn't mean that I, you know, I, I wasn't able to do it. I got to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. There's powerful scenes. So now he
0: connects with this kid. And it's almost like he's, like, being the father that he wish he had. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good connection. This movie was so much fun. I actually, I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah? Yeah, I, I, I liked a of, it a lot. I think I like the last half more than the first half. Like, I like the, like the movie-making part. Like, leading up to it. It's, I mean, it's fine. It just, like, follows, like, the biopic stuff of, like, montages and going on the road. and Sure. Um, but... I like the movie part aspect more. I sure, think. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed every part of it. Cuz
1: I I didn't know anything about this guy. So I I just wanted to, I wanted to absorb all of Stick who this it person all, Rudy, is. Yeah. Cuz he's not but. just making the movie like that's literally just a blip in his
0: life. Yeah, I'm more curious to actually like I what I did do is trying to find some interviews and stand up of Rudy Moore. And he's like on the Arsenio Hall show in like 94 and <laughs> Really? Yeah, he's I mean you know, we're still doing that same Dolomite character with the rhymes and the stuff, and people are eating it up, so.
1: Well, that's an interesting connection, too. Arsenio Hall, Eddie yeah.
0: Murphy, Dolomite. There you go. Kind of wish Arsenio Hall would have been Wesley Snipes' character. I'm just going to put that, that on the street. That would
1: have been nice, yeah.
0: So, but.
1: It was also cool, at the very end, they show you scenes from the actual movie, mm-hmm. so you get to see some of the scenes yeah, that Yeah, that, that's kind of classic shot, y
0: thing oh, to totally. do. Oh, mm-hmm. totally, yeah.
1: And it, 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 it gets you excited. You're like, okay, yeah, I can see why someone would like this. It's kind of goofy and <laughs> silly and fun and mm-hmm. poorly made. And who wouldn't enjoy this? So I'd highly recommend this movie. Yeah. If you... That we just spoiled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably watched it or I don't know. Probably should. I just want to hear someone talk about. Spoilers. Eh, I to, don't know how to not do to, spoilers on this show. No, until. of course. There's always spoilers. We always like start off with like, the f- we we lean into it and then, you know. Then we get into it. Then we spoiled the. We F out of it. spoiled the broth. I want
1: to spoil that.
0: Get over it. <laughs> Put too much tomato paste in that chili.